And we are back, season two, episode 20. It's been a while, Alejandro. Um, how were the holidays? They were pretty good, um, despite it being a mixed bag for the Devils over the holidays. You had some pretty bad performances, but then, you know, they got some good wins, too. I think uh, we may win, but I may die is really just kind of like the Devils' motto for this season, uh, especially after that Blue Jackets game last night. So just, yeah, it's, it's a little taxing, that's for sure. Yeah, just to, to recap, since the last time we, we got together, it was a uh, 2-1 OT win against the Bruins, and then a big win in Columbus, and then a very disappointing streak of losses against uh, the Ducks, which was shocking. Should have won the Flyers game, lost that in OT, and then got a proper spanking um, by the Oilers, um, but then rebounded beat the Red Wings and somehow beat the Blue Jackets last night. And we'll get into all those games, but it, it was a little bit of a roller coaster through this past two weeks and, and holiday season. Um, we can get into the Bruins game real quick. We're not going to go in depth. I know a lot of this is outdated, but you know, Jack Hughes winner in OT. Um, they played well uh, and pretty much got goalied by Swayman. Yeah, and that was one of the few games of the season two where you could say Vanacek really was a difference maker. If I remember right, he, he played really well that game. Um, so it you know, helped him at least get the point to overtime and then Jack with the game winner uh, to make it 2-1. Um, so, you know, I, the Bruins have kind of like the Capitals have been over the last you know few seasons, been kind of the devil's boogeyman. And they, you know, managed to get one win against them. Uh, got I think don't they play them this Saturday, right? So they get a second shot at them uh, here in a yeah, couple but of days. With a lot more bodies in the lineup. Yeah, um, the good thing is the Devils are you know relatively healthy, and it looks like Timo Meyer is getting back to himself too, so that helps. Um, but yeah, um, should be a good game, and it was good to get that win. They kind of needed it at that point. Yeah, and that was, that was actually a, a, a solid hockey game on the Devils' part. They started off a little slow, which is what, we, you know, and the sky's blue, right, Alex? Yeah, I think we're used uh, to that at this point. But but they really turned it around, you know, in the second period, and they outshot the Bruins 35-24 in that game. Um, they were pretty much even from the dot, and it just felt like, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately the Bruins are just hanging around because that system is so strong that Montgomery's got in there, regardless of who's in the lineup, they play a sound system, but um, Jesper got the best of, uh, what was his name? Lindholm? Uh, was, yeah, it was Lindholm, yeah. Lindholm put him in a blender and uh, Jack put a top shelf for the winner. Um, and we got out of there with an important two points at, at that point in the season. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, anything else? Just want to keep on moving? Yeah, just keep on moving, especially those games that are, what, like two weeks out at this point? Yeah. So. Uh, okay. This was pure dominance against the Blue Jackets. Uh, Jackie Boy got a hat trick, which was fun, uh, as always, to see. Uh, you know, Nico, Toffoli, Hala, all on the board as well. Brack continued his dominance in that game as well. It seemed like those two lines were evenly clicking, which was, you know, good news. And, you know, they got out of there with a win. I wouldn't say the goal goaltending was spectacular, but when you score six, you should usually win. Yeah, they controlled that game really from the first shift. I think it was Johnny Gaudreau with a terrible turnover to Tyler Toffoli. He makes the pass to Jack, and then they kind of just never really looked back from there. I thought Schmidt was 
fine. Uh, I think that third goal, if I remember right, he gave up wasn't... There was one goal he gave up that wasn't great that game. I don't remember which one. It was either the second or the third, I think. Um, oh, yeah, I think it was the second when it bounced off. Um, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. But he was fine that game. Um, you know, I think that was a little bit of a stretch where they were getting some good goaltending performances from both Schmidt and Vanacek that kind of started to help them, you know, climb their way back up the standings. Um, but even without like spectacular goaltending in that game, like you said, they just, you know, they kind of had their way with the Blue Jackets. It wasn't really a close game. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and this is, you know, from the last pot, we said this was going to be Schmidt's net for a, a while, we thought. Um, but boy, did that turn on on its head. Yeah, I, it, you know, I, I kind of surprised that they didn't give him more of a run. I mean, I guess they tried. They did start him in the Oilers game, you know, a few nights later. Well, um, and the thing is, is they started him the second night back to back in the Ducks game, which was a head scratcher for most of us. Uh, right? Wasn't it? Vanacek was um he wasn't physically feeling well or some whatever they said. Yeah. So they had to call up Nico um, and Schmidt. Schmidt got the start, and he looked tired. Yeah, he had, I mean, I think that one, you know, they couldn't really avoid that situation. It would have been kind of surprising to start Dawes um, in that spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, he has not done well in the second half of back-to-backs this season. Uh, The first time was just um, completely mismanaging that, you know, giving him a look against the Sharks the night after he faced almost 50 shots against the Flyers. That was just poor management on their part doing that. This time, uh, yeah, with Vanacek not feeling well, which I, I don't know, it was kind of weird that he wasn't feeling well for one game and then he was fine a couple of nights later. But um, yeah, nothing you could do about that. I think they played poorly against the Ducks. Um, oh, for five on the power play. Yeah. And they were sloppy in that game against the Ducks. It's not like that it was a goaltending loss or anything like that. Uh, it's just something about the second half back to backs where they can't get it right this season. Yeah. And then they move on to a big game against the Flyers where the locker room, even, you know, you get most of the interviews, the locker room saying that um, this is a big one. They'll be up for it. Um, they get the first goal. Um, but then it was just like the Flyers just seem to have played harder than them um it's not even a skill thing because obviously the devils have more skill than the flyers and then it was just sloppiness and ot yeah jack had a rough game uh you know there was the turnover that led to the flyers first goal i think and he was trying to do the cross-eyes pass breaking out of the defensive zone it got intercepted and led to the flyers goal and then obviously he turned it over trying to give it to luke in overtime and owen Tippett had a clear pass to vanacek for the game-winning goal I mean, it was good that they got a point out of that game, I guess. Um, I didn't think they played all that poorly. I think Sam Harrison was really good in net for the Flyers, too. Like, Curtis Lazar had that shorthanded breakaway chance. They could have made it 3-2, but Erson, or Erson made the, the save on it. And he was he made some timely saves throughout that game. So I didn't think it was the Devils playing all that poorly. Um, got goalied a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that was one where they needed two points and they didn't get it. Um, especially especially in OT. the Flyers. Right, too? Like, yeah. especially in OT, because OT's so are thing. Yeah, they're so yeah. much better than the Flyers at 3-on-3. Three three. Um, they're most better than most teams at 3-on-3. Three three. I, like, I mean, there's call. probably, like, five teams that I would say are on the same level as the Devils in OT. You know, the Rangers, the Oilers, Maple Leafs, yeah. Oilers, um, the Stars. Yeah, maybe um, Los Angeles, too. Um, Vegas. Yeah. 
you know, but there's, like, there's only a handful of teams, and maybe even the Canucks now, right? But the the thing is, is like the Flyers are not on that level, and it's so disappointing to give up a a, a, a crucial point in the way we did. Yeah, especially since they're trying to catch the Flyers in the standings right now. Um, so would have been a four yeah. point swing. Yeah, that that definitely made a difference, but um, you know, I think the Flyers are starting to cool off a little bit in general, so I'm not really too concerned about that at this point. Um, but yeah, that was a game where you would have liked to have two points, especially since you had a tough matchup against the Oilers coming up next, and I think we all know how that went. Yeah, so let, let's get into the Oilers game, because this is still relatively fresh. Yeah. Um, I th- They just couldn't... like. Even though they were leading, you know, what was it, 3-2 going into the third, it still felt like their goals were just like them taking advantage of opportune chances. It wasn't them so much like sustaining pressure and playing that good cycle hockey that they like to do that, you know, we saw for extended periods, even last night. Um, it really seemed like the Oilers', the Oilers um, pace was giving them a lot of issues. Yeah, the Oilers are a machine at 5-on-5. Five five. Going into that game, they had like an expected goals share that was like 62% across their last 10 games. So like they were just bludgeoning teams at 5-on-5. Five five. And they did that to the Devils for the most part that game. Uh, like you said, even though they were leading and never really felt like they deserved to have the lead there, and it kind of caught up to them in the third period when they gave up four goals to lose 6-3. Now, I don't think Vanacek made things better in the third period. I thought he was pretty terrible. Is that Adam Ernie goal that made it 5-3 was a real backbreaker because, like, okay, you give up the first couple of goals, you're down 4-3. It's like, okay, whatever. You're well, still- the McDavid goal, too, is his fault. Well, n- not really. Siegenthaler ran over him. Um, oh, okay. But, sorry, I was I didn't really see it because it- yeah. Humble brag, Fisherman was in attendance. It was <laughs> tough to see. Uh, I was just, you know. Yeah, now Siegenthaler ran into him and knocked him out of position. So I, that game wasn't really on, or that goal wasn't really on him. The fifth goal was bad. Siegenthaler's really having some, some real yeah, treats he's, lately. He's having, he's having a rough season, that's for sure. Um, we'll get into him in a little bit, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, that Adam Ernie goal that um, even Ray Ferraro was kind of trashing <laughs> Vanacek when he gave it up. Ferraro was like, ah, oh, he's just way out of position here. He's got his pad caught out way, way outside the net. Um, it was terrible. Like, if he had stopped that, you know, it would have made it at least... They could have kept it 4-3 for the time being. And you yeah, and they, they could have went and played, played, right? Like, if you're down a goal, fine. You know, th- this team will figure a way to score a goal. I'll tell you that, right? And we've seen that plenty of times. But once it's two midway through the third, it's, you know. Yeah, so once Vanacek gave up that terrible goal, it felt like it wasn't was midway through game. the third. Sorry, sorry, they scored like three goals in a minute. Yeah, they. I mean, they got the, the result they deserved. Honestly, they did not deserve to win that game. So, um yeah, I was I was expecting better from them, um, just because of you know the stakes in that game, and then that also losing the game the way they did now put so much pressure going on on them going into the Red Wings game. Uh, it did, and they won. They came, you know. Listen, it wasn't pretty by any means, right? Because Patty Kane scores super early, but then Meyer responds. Gossa Spear gets a goal. Um, but then they came out strong in the third, and they dominated in the third, and uh, they they won this game out, right? Like there was, I if I'm remembering correctly, you know they're holding on to a one goal lead, but 
did it ever feel like in the last couple minutes that Detroit had a lot of chances, or am I, or did the Devils kind of just run I, that one out? I think the Red Wings had like a couple of chances when they were up six on five, and Vanacek made some saves. But I think for the most part that they were the better team in the third right. period for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I think at five on five, the Red Wings only had like zero point two expected goals, which is nothing, um, even for one period. So. Uh, they did a good job not letting the Red Wings sustain anything. They're kind of a one-line team right now, the Red Wings, with Larkin, um, Debrinkit, and Patrick Kane. Their their depth is not really that great. But I I've, I was even though that they did win that performance, I was a little disappointed because the Red Wings were coming off that crazy seven-six shootout win against the Flyers the night before. So you would have thought that they would have just kind of been out of gas since they were on the second half of a back-to-back and you thought the Devils would have kind of like taken it to them, but it took them a while to get their legs going in that game. In the end, they got the crucial two points in regulation too, which matters. So, you know, I guess maybe it's a minor gripe at this point, but uh, they did play well in the third period when it mattered most. And, you know, they they came back from a 2-1 deficit. Another comeback win, which is what they've done quite a bit of this season. I mean, they just there's something about home games for them that just are so difficult. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I can't really figure out the home struggles versus like now they're going on the road to play the Senators and the Bruins and like you think, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm happy they're going on the road for two games. Like, I'm, I think they'll get off to better start on the road than they do at home games. So I'm like, okay, it's a good thing they're not gonna, they. You know they didn't do that great on this. Um, you know this homestand of five games. They went two and three, but going on the road now, and they've been a better team on the road basically all of Lindy Ruff's tenure. I don't know if that's like coincidence or what. Um, just do they need reason, to change up like the pregame routine? Like, do they need to stay in a hotel the night before? Like, what? Yeah, you know? I, I don't. I don't really know what it is. I think some of these like slow starts at home or like Vanacek giving up bad goals. Like that first goal against Columbus was terrible. Stop eating. He's he's every bad. Gotta find him a hibachi place. Yeah. gotta find him a hibachi. Something. I mean, he has been better lately. But that first goal he gave up against um, Columbus was so bad. That rebound was just like, what are you doing, dude? Um, so I think that's part of these slow starts at home. But sometimes too, it's just the team not playing that well like it just seems like it takes them a little bit of time to find their legs on home ice and and it also seems like the ice isn't that great most nights yeah well that red wings game if i remember right there was um seton hall basketball played the same day just like everyone or no i think it was rutgers basketball they had a game against mississippi state um and so, you know, just like they had like just like a few hours to change the ice. And I remember that Red Wings game, the puck was bouncing all over the place. Like you could tell the ice was terrible from that Rutgers game before. Yeah. I'm not really sure why you're scheduling a Rutgers game like three hours before an NHL game. But I guess that's the way it goes. Um, you're going to have to deal with that with sometimes, especially since they hold concerts at the Prudential Center all the time, too. Yeah. Prudential Center is a busy, busy building. Yeah. Um, just some points to note in the Red Wings game. Meyer, two goals that yeah. continues. You, this is really him heating up uh, yeah. at this point in the season. Uh, to Foley, important. He got one. He was a little bit cold and still continues to kind of be a little bit cold. Um, but yeah, just important to see Meyer just, just really start getting going here for us. Yeah, that Red Wings game, and I thought he played better against the Oilers too, but that Red Wings game for me was like, okay, I think he's starting to come back now. and. You know, we'll get into the Blue Jackets game here in a second, but he looked good against the Blue Jackets too. 
I'd still say he's like 85% and that 15% that I'm missing is his physicality. I still don't think he's the same physical player he was last year. And I don't know if that's in response to the hit from Truba or the injury from this year, but listen, I'm happy at 85% with this scoring output. That's fantastic. But, um, He's still not that wrecking ball that I remember him being last season. Yeah, I, he was a little more physical against the Red Wings, but against the Blue Jackets, I didn't really see that from him too much. Um, but yeah, I agree with that. I don't think the physicality is 100% there yet, which is fine. I think, like you said, he's probably not 100% from the injury yet. I think he's probably like 85 90%. So um, the skating definitely looks better. I thought um, he's doing better in transition these last couple of games. I think he's starting to facilitate a little more. He had that, you know, he threw the puck toward the net um, in the Blue Jackets game where um, Merzlikens made that crazy skate save on Dawson Mercer early in the second period. So he's starting to do things like that more often. So that's good that we're just starting, like a good team of Meyer, you know, helps this team so much. You know, you don't well, especially, yeah, I mean, especially with how the top six is that's kind what of I was cool. Say. Off of, yeah, yeah. Like Jack and Jesper and Nico have been quiet the last couple of games. So, you need Timo Meyer to start picking up the slack until those guys get going again, which they will at some point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think important to note that it, you know, the success with Timo is kind of partnered with McLeod and, and Dawson. Um, that seems to be a, a pretty good line, and, and hopefully that that will stay put for a while. Yeah, I think you know it's. The, Trying to find a fit from Meyer while he was injured was either having him with McLeod or with Heischer. And they tried with Heischer a couple of times. I guess they didn't like the results, even though I thought he did kind of look all right with Heischer and Palat. But right now, I think this is the best fit for Meyer and Mercer, too. I think Mercer has really benefited from this line. You got McLeod and Meyer who can do work in transition. You know, Mercer's not really a great play driver or anything like that. So you have McLeod and Meyer who can take care of that. McLeod. Provides a bit of a two. Mercer just puts himself in the right position to score, though. Yeah. He's very good at that. Yeah. So, like, they, they can do the hard work, um, Meyer and McLeod, that is. And then, you know, Mercer kind of cleans up from the hard work by getting himself into scoring positions like he did last night against Columbus. That was a hell of a shot, man. Yeah. That was a great play from Simone Nemitz, too. Um, that was some top cheese right there. Yeah. I mean, so that play was pretty cool to watch and like when you watch the highlight of it, it's Andre Palat really kind of made it by putting the hit on Jake Bean when Bean was trying to release the puck on the pass the Nemeth steps up um intercepts the pass along the wall and makes a great one time uh one not one touch but he makes a great pass right away to Mercer in the slot and Mercer has that space in the slot because Palat you know put the hit on Jake Bean and kept being out of position. Um, so a lot going on in that play and like a lot of good stuff. Like Nemitz, I think, you know, is, what can you say about him at this point? He's been way more impressive than I thought he would be this early in his NHL career. I, it's, it's, I mean, it's part of the reason I don't think Fitzgerald's made a trade for a defenseman as quickly as he might have had to if, he, if Nemitz didn't turn out this way. Yeah, he's definitely bought them some time, which is kind of crazy. Um. I think, first of all, the first goal was gorgeous. I mean, holy Nikes, yeah. that was that was fantastic. I mean, kind of, you know, a collection of players off the penalty kill. Um, and one, two, three, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, in the back of the net. Yeah, that little touch by Hollow was so impressive to set up Palat. Um, I mean, Mercer made a great play, too, to get it to Hollow before, but Hollow's, I think, was just equally as impressive as... Um, 
Absolutely. That was nice finesse play right there. Yeah, and it was good to see Palat get rewarded for a goal because I think he actually has been pretty good this season, even though he's not finding the score sheet all the time. He's doing a lot of little things well, like that play on the forecheck on the tying goal to make it 2-2 in the third. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what did you think of Holtz uh, playing on that line? I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, he had four scoring chances. Um, he had a couple of good chances early in the game. Um, I think his expected goal share was like 57.8%, but his ice time again got limited in the third period uh, when they were trailing, needing a goal, which I thought was kind of interesting. He didn't get benched completely. He did get some shifts, but uh, I just don't really think Lindy Ruff is comfortable with him as a player for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I hope he sticks with Holtz on that line with Palat and Heischer for the Senators game, um, but I'm not not too hopeful about that. I just don't really think... I don't know what it is that Ruff well, doesn't... I mean, who else are you going to put there, then? It would be Lazar if he came back. That's where Lazar was before, but I, I don't like that. Um, I think with how Brandon no, Smith... Because then you have two... and Then you have two, like, gritty players. You need yeah. at least some finishing I mean, I, on there. I think against a team like Boston, having Lazar, you know, with Heischer and Palat gives you, like, a, a matchup line. You could do that, like, for different situations... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that if Lazar can go this weekend, but I would like Holtz to stick there. I think he did some good things um, early in the game. He just didn't score, so hopefully he rough gives him a chance there. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see what the practice lines look like today in a little bit. Um, hopefully he's sticking with him there because I think there is potential. Yeah, um, we think. Okay, next we can go down to the play. Before we get to the play of the night, Jonas, Jonas, Jonas. Yeah. My friend. My friend. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, he just fanned on the path. He was trying to get it back to whoever his. Def- I think it was Nemitz who was out there on the ice with him at the time. I was just trying to make the, a simple pass to him. He fanned on it. I thought Vanacek could have done better on that the, goal too. The, the, the fact that like the five hole was completely just like wide open, he he kind of like just pushed the puck in. It wasn't yeah, that he, like, really he didn't even really it. shoot it. That's why I was like, yeah, it looks bad what Siegenthaler did. Like you can't make that play too. But Vanacek did not do well. Even Bryce, I think, said after the game, you know that um, you know Vanacek probably would have liked to have that one back. Um, which well, if his stick was just down on the ice, he would have saved it. Yeah, he well, he tried to go for the poke check, and he just whiffed completely. Yeah, um, over the puck. It's yeah, like if the poke check, your your stick's got to be on the ice. Yeah, uh, it was just a bad play from everyone involved there. Like Siegenthaler whiffing on the pass, and then Vanacek made things that much worse. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was a bad play. I thought they were cooked at that point. I was like, they're not coming back to tie this. I game. was. Furious, yeah. Mrs. Fisherman was like, "What just happened to oh, you?" And Ken Danico, like, Ken, Ken just screamed, "Oh no!" In the middle <laughs> of the, the broadcast, he's like, "Oh no, that can't happen!" Oh no, or whatever he said, I don't remember exactly, but I think he just kind of summed up what Devils fans were feeling at the time that goal happened. Because I remember they tied the game at two. I'm like, "Okay, we're getting this to overtime at least." And then Siegenthaler whiffs. And then Vanacek whiffs also on the poke check and trying to make a save. I'm like, that just like sums up how things are going right now. 
To to be frank, I thought we would go get another one after Mercer because they were playing so well. But I thought too. Yeah, I thought they had like the the Blue Jackets are I think the worst third period team in the league. They have their goal differential. The first time they played, their goal differential was like minus twenty something. I think. Yeah. In, or the the first like the when they played on December sixteenth. I mean, not the first time of the season. Their goal differential in the third period is like minus twenty something. They've given up like the most third period goals in the NHL this season. So I was like, yeah, okay, it's two two. They're gonna go get another one before this ends here and end it in regulation. But uh, yeah, that play was you could even just like feel it in the arena just watching it on TV. Like you could just feel the air and the life come out of the arena after that. You could see everyone's reaction in their seats. Um, it was a really bad play all around, but you know, thankfully Luke Hughes was there to save the day. <laughs> And boy, was he. I mean, I think, um, I forget. Oh, it was uh, Chief at Barstool. He... um he, he's a just a personality there. He tweeted um, like above the you know re- reposted the video and said, "Imagine being able to just glide at twenty miles per hour." I mean, he's not e- like he's not even like huffing it. He's just striding and just kind of slices the D. I didn't even see the puck go in the net. I, I still didn't either. I, yeah, I still didn't. I didn't. Puck go in the net. Are we sure it went in? I, it's like, I was shocked it was a goal. I didn't see the puck go in initially, and then like the goal horn sounds, and I literally just out loud in my room said, holy shit, he scored. Um, like First of all, the skating was unreal. He just like sliced through the entire Blue Jackets team by himself, which was... He, Jack left him the puck in the defensive zone, and Luke's like, right, I'm just taking this by myself. I'm going coast to coast here. Let's see if something happens. He's and like, I've seen enough of Jack's turnovers. Time for the little bro to step up. Yeah, basically. And <laughs> like you said, I didn't see the puck going initially. When I watched the highlights after the I was done writing up the game, I was like, oh, he like almost went bar down on that. I think he might have even went bar down on that shot. Like It was crazy. I still haven't seen the puck go in. I needed it. It was a missile. I mean, that thing had a a vapor trail behind it. It was, it was crazy. And the rush was more impressive to me because like it seemed like the Blue Jackets had everything under control in the neutral zone, but like he just, he was going at such a pace that like he cut through like four players, I think at least maybe it was all five Blue Jackets skaters on the ice, just cut through all of them. And he was going so fast that it forced the Blue Jackets defenseman to back off, you know, in the, they couldn't stand up at the blue line, so they were backing off while he entered the the offensive zone, and he got, had a clear shooting lane and just rifled it past Merzlikens. Yeah, I mean, it, it does leave you speechless. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, we have two of them. We have two of them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's what I wrote in my um, takeaways post from... Uh, of the games too. It's like you have Nemitz and Luke who are, you know, you're going to have some growing pains with them because of their youth and they're so young. But like the talking about that, great. I just meant Hughes's. We had two oh. Hughes's. Well, that, yeah, that too. I mean, you could look at the two Hughes and then there's the two young, <laughs> two young defensemen. Yeah, oh you can look at it either way. And potentially a third. Uh, oh yeah, Seamus Casey. Yeah, it yeah. took me a while to realize that, but yeah, Seamus Casey could, uh, he could be next. Uh, okay. And then, um, Timo again turns up and listen. He he made the defensive play, which I would like. Timo made a defensive play. Kudos to him. Uh, he was in the right position, forced the turnover. Um, turned on his burners. Um, I was I was shocked he didn't get caught at one point, but um, 
he, I don't know if he fanned on the shot or no, he was going five hole intentionally for sure. Yeah. But I guess, uh, the goalie got a piece of it and then it, it squirted through. Um, and, and that was that. And that, and that was a game and the, the smile on his face says it all. Um, almost a sense of relief. Like, yeah, Timo's back. Yeah. That was great. Um, like Ken Johnson, I think. It was, I think it was Ken Johnson bobbled the puck in the defensive zone, led to a turnover, and then Meyer had a clear path to Merzlikens. And yeah, he was definitely trying to go five hole on that one. Um, I think he saw that he had Merzlikens opened up and he went for it, even though Merzlikens got a piece of it. Um, but yeah, they needed those two points last night that they couldn't have afforded to to lose another game to Columbus, even if it was you know in overtime. And Timo Meyer made sure that the he capped off his good night, and made sure that they you know they got the two points. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's kind of crazy. I, Jack like had a bad game, still gets an assist. Uh, he just finds ways to get points. It's, yeah. it's kind of crazy, just, but just a little drop pass on Luke Hughes uh, goal. And that's all he needed. Exactly. Um, so that's a wrap of all the games, you know, just overall thoughts at some point, you know, Two or three lines will go at the same time because it just seems we've had, you know, a week of the Nico line going and then we had a week of the Jack line going and now we're having a week of the newly formed Timo McLeod Mercer line going. Um, I, I don't expect a week of the fourth line ever carrying us, especially with Brendan Smith on the wing, but as long as they don't kill us, that's fine. Which they um, did last night against Columbus a little bit. They almost killed them. Bastion is not the Bastion I remember of former seasons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Smith and Bastion, I think, got benched for like after they gave up that second, the Blue Jackets' second goal last night. Well, listen, benching Smith in that role really doesn't mean anything to him. Like, he's doing that because they need the man. Yeah, I guess they they think he's a better option than Chris Tierney at forward. Well, it's not even that. He's more valuable on the penalty kill as a defenseman. That too. Yeah, that's true. He he just played right. That's where he gets all his minutes. Yeah, I mean, even after he got benched at five and five, after that, I think he did play on the penalty kill in the third period when the Blue Jackets had a couple of you know exactly. Games. So like you you're gonna bench a defenseman who's playing winger. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. But the Bastion benching definitely signals uh, a little bit of trouble there. Yeah, that's why I think that they're on the prowl for of you know depth forward at some point in the uh, on the trade market. I think it was Elliot Friedman. Who had mentioned that on one of the recent Thirty Two Thoughts episodes? Um, so I think that's something they'll try to do here. Um, you know, in the, in the I, near future. Fine, but I still think a defenseman over ball is more important, and and a um, and a goalie. Yeah, I think ball is fine playing on a pair with Colin Miller in the third pair. Um, and if you have Luke Hughes with John Marino, that's pretty good too. But. I think, you know, if you can get your hands on Noah Hannafin, I would probably do that. I think you need to move Siegenthaler down the lineup, too. He's not really cutting it on a, in a top pair role this season. He's been struggling a lot. I think he has no puck skills, and it's been a real struggle for him to break out of the defensive zone. I guess it just shows how important Dougie as his partner bailing him out on a lot of things. Yeah, because Dougie uh, can move the puck like no one else. So, And he's um, got that long reach, too. Yeah, and like Nemitz has done well on with Siegenthaler, but you definitely need. I think you know I would probably feel more comfortable with a Noah Hannafin Simon Nemitz pair to be honest. And you move Siegenthaler down even to like the third pair with Colin Miller. 
and you keep Luke where he is, I think that would work out pretty well. Honestly. I think Luke and John are doing quite well. Yeah, the last two games that they've only been together for two games, at least I think they did play a little bit earlier this season. But yeah, these last two games, I thought they've looked pretty good together. And and I must say, overall structurally, I know the defense has been just bonehead plays, especially in the Oilers game, Blue Jackets, sure. But I mean, like five on five structurally, it seems like they are more sound than they were. Let's call it three weeks ago. Yeah, I think the young guys like Nemeth and Hughes are starting to you know get into the system a little. Um, I guess yeah, I'm a little more comfortable with the system would be a better way to put it. Um, yeah, there was always going to be some growing pains with them, and I think moving Ball down to the third pair is pretty good, especially with Colin Miller. I think Colin Miller has some puck moving ability that will you know help Ball in that regard. So yeah, I think they're. They could use more experience on the back end for sure, but I think the young defensemen are starting to play a little bit better. And I think it also helps that the, the goaltending hasn't been as awful the last few weeks uh, as it was in the start of the season. I would still categorize it as not great, but it's definitely not as terrible as it was. Um, I think Vanacek has like a 907 save percentage in his last six appearances, which will do. If you have a 907 save percentage with this team, Sign me up. it should be fine. So Sign me up. if he can keep that up, that's great. I think we're going to see a little bit of Nico Dawes here um, with Akira Schmidt. What game do you think he gets? Do you think he gets Ottawa. the Senators game? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think he gets Ottawa for sure, and then Vanacek will go up against Boston, especially since Vanacek did pretty well against Boston the first time. Listen, I'll give Vanacek credit. I mean, that guy was... In a dark place. What? What? Hold on. Let me see what game that was. Um, was it the Vancouver it the game? Sh- mm. Even though they beat Vancouver, he was pretty terrible that game. He was bad against Edmonton too, in relief of uh, of that. Vera. That might have been it. I think it was the first Edmonton game. Yeah. The and he was in a dark place. Uh, You mean the second Edmonton game? Because Akira started the first Edmonton game. Well, no. I mean, like, there was, like, a couple weeks ago when we said that it was Schmidt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, like, an 879 or 875 save percentage. I think it's climbed to, like, 880-something at this point, which is still bad, but it's getting better. Yeah, and to my point is, is I got to give him credit for at least just grinding. I mean, he's, listen, he's not perfect, but he's been putting... Decent starts out there. Yeah, even in the Columbus game, when he took that shot, I think it was the one-timer from Chinakov on... Was it a Blue Jackets power play? It might have been. Yeah, He was down on the ice, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I think Nico Dawes might be coming into this game, but he stayed in the game, and aside from giving up that terrible Chinakov goal to make it 3-2 Columbus at the end, he he was good uh, for the most part. Yeah, so listen, I'll give him a slice of credit for grinding and yeah, no, I agree with you. him way out of the depths of hell, really. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, too, is like, you know, you look at his career numbers entering this season and he had like a 909 save percentage. So he's like not this. And it was like off a pretty decent sample size of like 125 games. It's not like he was terrible. Like we, we had like at least, you know, enough of a track record to say he was a league average goaltender, maybe even a little bit better than that. Um, so, like, I don't think he's been as, like, he's not as bad a goalie as he's been to start the season. I think he's, there's some, you could definitely point to plays where the Devils defense hasn't helped either of their goalies. But um, I think he's, like you said, he's been grinding through it. And I think he definitely deserves credit for that. And if he can stay, you know, in between like a 905 to 910 save percentage, you're 
for this little stretch here, they should definitely make up ground in standings. Also, because they have a ton of games in hand on some teams. Like, they have three games in hand on Tampa. I think they got in games in hand on Carolina and the Islanders and some other teams that they're chasing in the standings, too. So that definitely helps. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's get into some of the other team news. Um, as you kind of foreshadowed, Nico Dawes will probably get a start this weekend. And Akira Schmid, uh, as of this morning, has been sent down to Utica on assignment. Kind of forecasted this move a little bit once Nico was called up yesterday. What was it? Schmidt had how many games left until he was not waiver exempt anymore? Uh, I'm not really sure. Was that even a th- I, like last I checked, he wasn't even waivers eligible until 2025. So, oh, okay, yeah, so, I think that I don't even really think that was a concern with him. So, listen, Schmidt needs to get some games down there, get his confidence up. Um, last time we saw Nico, he was goaltending a pretty awful Devils team and putting out some pretty solid starts. Yeah, um, I think he definitely still has upside for sure. Like, Even though Akira's kind of, uh, I don't want to say a lap, that's too strong a word, but he's overtaken him uh, as the top goaltending prospect in the system. I th- definitely think Dawes has NHL potential. I'm just a little surprised that we're seeing him so quickly coming off hip surgery. He's only made three starts for the Comets this season. Granted, he has like a 929 save percentage. But, but- you know what this is, right? Uh, not really. Like this is. Let's see what we got before we pull the trigger. Oh yeah, no. I thought you meant like trying to trade one of the, the goaltending prospects. Oh no, 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 no. This, this is, this is a, this is a showcase. Like, yeah, here, I agree. With that. This is like a. Yeah, we yeah. Don't have to take it. Come take it. Yeah, like um, if Dawes doesn't do well here, then it's like okay, we're gonna go get Jake Allen or something like that. So. um Yeah, I don't know what to expect from Dawes. I like. It helps that they, they do have the back-to-back this weekend, but then they also have another three-day break after the game on Saturday. I don't think they play again until Wednesday next week. So um, that'll definitely help. Like You don't have to play Dawes that often, and I don't really think that's their plan. Uh, I hope he does well. Uh, I We'll see. Um, he looks like he was doing well for Utica in the few starts he made. Um, I think at this point, why not? You don't really have anything to lose, and Akira benefits from it by going to be the guy for Utica for a little bit. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, the Senators game is a good spot for him considering how bad the Senators have been this season, even though they think they've won two games in a row. Uh, so we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. I'm excited to see him. Um, the Senators are struggling. Yeah. I think they're the in the last place. The Leafs. East, aren't they? Yeah. They beat the Leafs last night, but um yeah, they've been struggling, so hopefully the Devils can put them to bed. Yeah, um, that's a game where you need two points as well. Like You got to get it. I mean, every game from here on out, you need two points. Yeah, but especially teams against like Ottawa and Columbus, like you can't give up points in games like that. Exactly. And then, well, you... Yeah, exactly. So, And then you got the Caps next week. Yeah, that's another one where it looks like they're starting to fall off a little bit. So, you know, if you can get that game, that still a boogeyman, though. Yeah, at least this season. Last season it wasn't, but this season so far it has been. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into the World Juniors. Two exciting prospects for the Devils, uh, really starting to make a names for themselves. First, being on the on the American side, Seamus Casey, Alex, was, kids electric. Yeah, he had He's a good the best first defenseman in the NCAA right now. Yeah, by he had all 
by all accounts, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, had a good first game for Team USA against um, who was it that they played? Norway. You know, Norway's an up and coming program. Uh, they got a kid who could be a ten, potential top ten pick this year. Um, but they played well against Norway. I think they're playing Switzerland today at some point. I think it might even be going on while we're uh, recording this. So. Be keep an eye on him. He's playing a second pair role uh, for Team USA. Uh, he had a really nice assist in the game against Norway. I think I don't remember. It was to Gavin Brindley, and possibly um, made a nice play along the wall, and then uh, you know fed Brindley for a goal. Um, so we'll see what uh, he can make of this tournament. You know, he ages out of it after this year if he's even still. The USA the is up five one right now. Oh, okay. Does he Let's... have any points? Uh, just give me a second here. I'm uh, doing my best. I'm on the IIHF website. Yeah. So, anyways, um, he, while you're looking that up, yeah, he's been he's one of the US's top defensemen on a team that definitely could win gold. I think a lot of people have them pegged as favorites. So, um, we'll see what kind of tournament he has. No points. Um, but uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. Oh yeah, it was Snuggerud who he gave the goal, uh, fed the goal. I think in the first game. Yeah, well, he's got a hat trick. Yeah, he's good. St. Louis Blues prospect, and he also has an amazing name. So, yeah, so he's uh, he's got th- he's got three, and uh, Cutter Cartier has three assists. Yeah, so Flyers uh, prospect. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on Seamus Casey? I mean, do we expect him to be in Utica next year? Uh, yeah, probably. I don't really see him going back to Michigan, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him in, in camp with with the big guys. Yeah, that would that would definitely be fun. He he's I know he's tiny, but so is Quinn Hughes. So like, yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's got the skating and puck moving ability to make up for uh, being only like five ten, one hundred seventy pounds. Yeah, exactly. And he'll put beef on. You know, you, you get some of that beef once yeah. you're uh, with the big boys. Yeah, for sure. All right, the other prospect, and Alex, you're going to have to help me out here, Lenny Haminaho. Haminaho uh, for Finland. Um, all accounts, this isn't the strongest Finnish team uh, they've brought into the World Juniors, but he seems to be one of their standout players. Yeah, I'm not sure if he has a point or not. Yeah, I don't think he does. But uh, yeah, Finland looks like a down year for them, especially you know, losing to Germany 4-3, I was kind of taken aback by that. I thought they would have that game pretty easily, but they uh, got some poor goaltending from... Uh, I don't know who was in net for Finland that game, but yeah, it was a, not a good uh, goaltending performance, and uh, it doesn't look like Finland will really be competing for a medal this year. Uh, they have some work to do to get back to that point. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, but listen, I think this kid's got a future in the Devils program. For sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got to work on his skating. It's still pretty awkward, but uh, I don't think he'll ever need to be a great skater because of his hockey IQ. Exactly. Maybe similar Tyler to Foley-esque. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, uh, any other team news that you wanted to touch on? No, I think that covers it. Anything from Pierre Lebron? Uh, oh, yeah, he did uh, mention that... Um, you know, the Devils were one of the teams that checked in on Jake Allen. This was a little bit before the Christmas break. Um, he mentioned it on Insider Trading. Um, you know, I mean, I think we talked, hinted at it a little bit here, but if Nico Dawes doesn't do that well here, I think you're going to be looking at them making a more serious run for a goalie, whether that's Jake Allen or 
I guess it could be John Gibson. I'm not really sure about that at this point, but if they're checking in on Jake Allen, I think he could definitely help the team. He just at least give him league average goaltending. Uh, you know, I think his rebound control is better than Vanacek's, which would be a big plus. It makes it easier for his uh, team to defend. So we'll see if anything comes of that uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I think it's all dependent on if Dawes can give them buy them a little more time. Listen, I'll say this, and I'll speak for me. I won't speak for Alex, but uh, not a John Gibson guy. Yeah, I'm not a John Gibson guy either. I think you have to look at his last four to five years in the NFL. Devils on the Rush, not a John Gibson podcast. Yeah, I mean, he's better than what they have now. I don't think there's arguing that, but... But the price tag. Yeah, first of all, I don't don't think the Ducks are going to give him away for a bag of pucks, so it'd probably be expensive to acquire him in a trade. And then that contract, even if they, if the Ducks retain, say, 30%, I still would be hesitant to take Gibson on because of the term left on his deal. If, they were, if the Calgary Flames decided to sell Jacob Markstrom, I would prefer Jacob Markstrom over Gibson because he has a little less term. Uh, the cap of $6 million, you'd have to find a way to make that work, but I think Calgary would probably be open to retaining at least a small portion of that. So... If Calgary decides to just kind of like go full fire sale here um, and Markstrom becomes available, I think he'd be a better target than John Gibson. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Should we take a quick break? Yeah. All right. Be back soon. Alex here from Devils on the Rush. Bet on the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. We have a busy slate of games tonight with all three local teams in action. The New York Rangers take on the Florida Panthers at 7 p.m. The Rangers are plus 1.5 on the puck line and plus 102 on the money line. Panthers at minus 1.5 on the puck line and minus 122 on the money line. The Devils take on the Senators with the Devils at plus or minus 1.5 on the puck line and minus 115 on the money line. The Senators are at plus 1.5 on the puck line and minus 105 on the money line. And finally, we have the New York Islanders taking on the Washington Capitals in a big division game. The Caps are at 1.5 on the puck line and plus 140 on the money line with the Islanders at minus 1.5 on the puck line and minus 166 on the money line. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expires 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text hope ny Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty eight hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And we are back with your favorite segments. Alejandro, let's get kicking with Stat Attack. Yeah, so um, this Stat Attack this week, I am going to go with 
uh, Michael McLeod. McLeod has been playing really well, and you know he's been mostly a fourth line center this season. But now Ruff has moved him up into a top nine role, which I think is the right role for him. Um, so once that, I got a couple here. So once that, over the last two weeks, um, you know, dating back to the Boston Bruins game, McLeod leads the Devils and expect the goals percentage at sixty five point six five percent. He also has a goal differential of uh, plus six at five on five, eight goals for, and two goals against. Um, as Devils Army blog tweeted out earlier this morning, too, he's having a truly, really is having a breakout season. His expected goals above replacement is seven point nine, which is second on the team and forty second in the NHL among all forwards, or I think just forty second in the NHL in general, all players, not just forwards. Uh, he has an 8.5 goals above replacement, which is second on the team and 34th in the, the NHL. Um, he's on pace for a career-high 35 points. Um, and uh, the stat you'll love, because this is your thing, he's 65.1% on face-offs this season. Read that one more time, baby. Yes. <laughs> 65.1% on face-offs. Um, that is absurd. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, uh, I mean, uh, if he can keep that up for the rest of the season, my God. Um, so, and it matters. And I mean, they put him out on the ice, for, you know, just for three on three whenever they have a face off. McLeod's out there to take the draw to try to get them puck possession. So, yeah, he's been great this season. Uh, for Selkie? I mean, he's probably got a pretty good case for, you know, being a defensive forward. I'd have to look into that a little more. Um, but yeah, he probably has a case for it. Uh, so it'll be something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season if he deserves some Selkie votes. Absolutely. But yeah, he's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I don't have a stat for us this week, so I'm glad you just gave that just ridiculously uh, long one. Yeah, that was um, one of the longer stat attacks I've done lately. Yeah. So listen, I, I did have one, but I I don't like it anymore. So um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to park. I'm going to park it. All righty. <laughs> so, all right. Let's should we should we get into the dungeon? But before we do, before we hop officially into the dungeon, uh, shout out to Timo Meyer, uh, official listener of the podcast. Because <laughs> um, Alex, remind me uh, last time who did we throw in the dungeon? I'm pretty sure both of us threw Timo Meyer in the dungeon. So, Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You are welcome, Devils fans. The power of the Devils Dungeon just just breaks any slump. I think it just shows, you know, we, I put Mercer in the dungeon earlier in the season and he played a couple good games and then fell off again, but playing well again. Uh, we put Andre Palat, I think, maybe in the dungeon. We did that a lot last season. I can't remember if we did it this season. But I think I think he at least got one dungeon visit. I think he did get one dungeon visit yeah. this season. Um, playing better. He's been playing pretty well for the most part this season, too. So what we're about to do in the dungeon here is out of love again to try to get these players back on the road. You speak for yourself. You speak for yourself. Okay, so what I'm about to do is put a player in the dungeon out of love to get him going again. And we'll see if you... Doing the same thing. <laughs> all right, Alex, who are you throwing in the dungeon? Yeah, so I don't think he's been all that terrible, but he hasn't been at the level that, you know, I think he was at the beginning of the season for sure. And it is Jack Hughes. We're putting him in the dungeon, um, partly because we haven't recorded in two weeks and he did have that awful game against the Flyers where he kind of cost them the game with the terrible turnovers. I thought he was he did play. the Oilers game too. Yeah, the Oilers game, he wasn't great either. I actually thought he played pretty well against the Blue Jackets last night. Um, he had, I think, like five or six shots on goal. He got some more scoring chances and high-danger chances. I thought it was definitely a step in the right direction for him. So 
Um, but yeah, I think you know, with you're fortunate right now. They're fortunate right now that the Meyer McLeod Mercer line is gelling, but because they're not getting much from either the Heisher or the Hughes lines right now. But I think that will change in short order. I think. You know, it's only a matter of time before these guys get going. So even though I'm putting Hughes in the dungeon, you know, even if he starts doing well, I can't say for sure if it's because he's an avid listener of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I think he's just been underperforming a little bit. Maybe that's relative to expectations we have for him. But well, so, so someone tweeted last night. I forget who it was, and, and sorry for not giving the credit here. But they they said. Uh, Jack Hughes is not doing Jack Hughesy things as often as Jack Hughes does Jack Hughesy things in the past. Yeah, um, which I think is a good way to put it, honestly. Yeah, it, it was it was a perfect tweet, right? Like, because yeah. he the thing is, we mentioned he still got a point, right? Like, yeah, and he still had a point in. Did he get a point in the Red Wings game too? Um, yeah, he might. I'm pretty sure he did, and then he had the hat trick against Columbus too. So, like, he's, yeah, he had a point on Toffoli's goal. Um, and he had the hat trick, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still got like nine points in like the Devils' last ten games or something like that, or like ten points he, in the last he eleven. Point in the Flyers game. Um, so yeah, he's still getting points, but it's not the. He hasn't been as dominant as five on to. five, and like I know we're done with stat attack here, but I wrote it in the preview of the Blue Jackets game. Like his expected goals percentage was like basically break even heading into the Blue Jackets game last night. It was like forty nine point nine percent or something like that. So like he hasn't been his usual dominant self at 5 on 5 for sure. Exactly. Um, so that's that. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to take the more uh, conservative route, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one's just, it's probably an easy one. <laughs> slam dunk. Jonas Siegenthaler, welcome to the dungeon, my friend. It's been a long time coming uh, with some of the performances we've seen this season. So take a seat, pal, um, and, and get comfortable because... Uh, some of these these brain farts have been just yeah awful. running o- running over Vanacek in the Oilers game uh, the the fan pass obviously in the Blue Jackets game which we covered quite a bit yeah he 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 just it's just these lapses that are costing them goals it's not even just like opportunities or like tangible goals that yeah. he's can accredit to him yeah exactly. So it's, as we say, all packaged with love and some Swiss chocolates. But uh, <laughs> hope you get better there, Jonas. Yeah. Um, should we hop out of the dungeon? Yeah, let's hop out of the dungeon. All right, three stars of the week, Alex. Who do you got yeah, as so your third star? Third star? I mean, I just did a whole stat attack section on him. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to make him the second star. The third star, I'm going to go with... Oh, do you not know showbiz? You can't I, be... You can't no, be. I'm sticking with it. I'll stick with it. I'll just, you can't be talented. Yeah, I'll stick with it. So I just did a whole stat attack on him. Michael McLeod um, has been really good. Um, I mean, I, we can, I guess, even expand this to the last two weeks because, you know, since we last recorded, but uh, deserves the top nine role that he's in right now. Really, it has been a breakout season for him. Um yeah, I think just in the last week he has like two points, but he's been contributing more than just points. I think obviously with him in the faceoffs, he's been really good in transition. There's his work defensively on the penalty kill. He's just kind of like a, I guess, a Swiss Army knife for Lindy Ruff right now because his offensive game is elevated. So you can now put him in a third line role with Meyer and uh, Mercer, and it'll work. So uh, it's good to see for sure. Yeah, I'm going third star of the week to, to Dawson Mercer. Um, for me, he's been, he's, he's collected a bunch of points in these, in this past two weeks, he's gotten his goal scoring again. 
and he seems to have found his spot on the wing with McLeod and Timo. So hopefully that continues and, and the strong play from that line. Uh, I think it was a common theme in this podcast of those three uh, doing really well these past two weeks. So hopefully that continues and uh, Dawson Mercer, third star of the week. Yeah, that's a good one. I have him as my second star, actually. So um, just right. All right, go yeah. with it. Yeah, segue into that. Um, is you know, Meyer, uh, I mean, Mercer's been playing really well um, the last couple games. I think he has five points in the last two games. The three-point against Columbus. Uh, it seems like he's meshing really well with Meyer and McLeod on that line. Um, you could even maybe argue... Yeah, I know. Like by like the lineup, they are the third line, but you know they're contributing more than a third line would normally right now. So hopefully they can keep it up. They, they theoretically could have three top lines. Yeah, when Myers at his, and we saw this last season after they acquired Meyer, like that Lindy likes to separate Jack, uh, Nico, Jasper, and Meyer on three different lines to just kind of give other teams nightmare matchups. And if Meyer really gets get going back to the that kind of level, you can do that again this season, especially with McLeod and Mercer playing so well right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, my second star of the week is going <laughs> to be uh, Luke Hughes, right? Like, yeah, on, that's a good go. one. He, he's been playing great defensively. Um, I, I can't say how happy I am now that he's with John Marino. Uh, he's been logging consistent minutes. Um, Little slow down on the power play, which needs to to kind of pick up here for as we get into the stretch. Because you know when we score on the power play, the the game's over. Really, it seems like, um, but we haven't been able to score on the power play as of uh, as frequent as. Uh, listen, I knew they were going to cool down, but this is ice cold right now. Yeah. So they need to pick that back up. Um, but yeah, Luke for me, second star of the week. Obviously, this might be a little recency bias with last night's goal and how jacked I was. But listen, the, kid, <laughs> the kid's playing hard, um, and, and I got all the, all the credit in the world for him. Yeah, he's been great, and you can even like say Nemitz it could be an honorable mention for three stars too um, with his play lately too. It's good to see from the both the young yeah, defensemen. Just the young defensemen, yeah, the, really. With the injuries, yeah, it's been good to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that does not mean we don't miss Dougie. And check out um, Alex's piece um, on uh, his uh, sub stack, Devils on the Rush. What, what are we running? 50% yeah. discount right yeah, now? Yeah, for New Year's. They'll be running through January 2nd or 3rd. I don't remember. It's one of those days. Sign up. Um, listen, you got All King's Day coming. You can give it as an All King's Day gift. Um, and um, yeah, listen, if you're not reading it, then you're not getting the best stuff because you see some of the other stuff being put out there. No, it's nowhere near Shavansi's writing. So as we move on to first star of the week, Alejandro, who do you got? So out of the dungeon and into the first star is Timo Meyer. Four goals in his last uh, three games, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, he had two against um, the Red Wings the other night and obviously the game winner against Columbus last night. Definitely looks like he's getting closer to being the team of Meyer that they expected when they acquired him. Five on five numbers are starting to improve. I think you know, just by the eye, the skating has definitely gotten better. I wouldn't say he's all the way there yet, but he's definitely gotten better in that regard, facilitating more often. And he's a big reason why they won these last two games. So uh, he definitely deserves some love for that. Yeah, listen, can I go anywhere else besides there? Um, but I am going to go somewhere else, and that's going to be the Devils' uh, defensive scouting department um, because 
Are you kidding me? Luke Hughes, Simon Nemich, and now Seamus Casey. These are ridiculous pipeline of defensemen that we, you know, historically were used to, right? Obviously was what we used to pump out, but then there was like a decade of <laughs> so um shout out to them. First star a week to them because this is incredible. We have two teenagers in the top four defensemen pairings. Like, this is insane. Yeah, and there's another one, like you said, coming along in Casey, too. It might take him a couple more years because he's smaller and will need time in the AHL, but he's not that far off anymore. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> loving it. See? Took a left turn there. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. I wasn't expecting that one. <sighs> Got to keep things fresh, Alejandro. All right, let's look at the week ahead. Um, now, we will probably not record until the, um, either Monday or Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, Monday is the weekend. Yeah. I'll see how hung over yeah. I am. Um, yeah. It depends too. I got, you know, most people who follow me on Twitter know I'm a big Michigan fan. We got Michigan, Alabama on New Year's Day too. So. What time is that game? I said five, I think. So, all right. Maybe, maybe we can get in a, a recording before the game. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, all right. Let's look at the week ahead, though. So, we have back to back this weekend with uh, the Senators and Bruins. Give me three out of four there. Yeah, I would even be fine with a regulation loss against the Boston. It's just like, it feels like every time they go to Boston, it just doesn't go their way for whatever reason. Plus, that's the second half of a back-to-back for the Devils, and the Bruins don't, they played last night, but that their next game is not until that Devils game on Saturday, so they're going to be rested. Feels like a schedule loss, maybe, for the Devils. Um, that's why it's really important to get the two points against Ottawa, a team that you need to get the two points against. Yeah. Exactly. Well, oh, hold on. That's only two games. Maybe we will record Thursday. At least um, we like to at least have three games between. Yeah, that's probably good. one. Yeah, because that's right. They only have, they have the three day layoff after the Bruins game. Yeah, so we could probably record after that Caps game next week. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, what I was saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Now. Um, yeah, they got the Caps game, and then they, you know, we'll, we'll save it for for the other game. But listen, they need to win that Caps game. That is a must win. Can't lose. I'm stamping it. That needs to be a W. And they'll be rested that game. Like, there's no excuse. They'll have had three days off. Like, no, listen, I, I'm not saying they're going to be rested. Half of these knuckleheads are going to be in Hoboken until <laughs> six a.m. You know, doing God knows what. So besides Jesper Brad, who's living wherever the hell he's living, but he had some Christmas set up. Did you see that on Instagram? I didn't see that, no. Oh, yeah. It was, It looked like, you know, it like the Ice Queen lived there. Like, oh, it I was, gotta check that out. I didn't it know was that. clean. It was cut. It was all white. Like, <laughs> it seemed, it's, his, it's only his girlfriend, right? I don't think they're yeah, engaged. They're not. Yeah, I don't think so. Whatever she, de- I don't know if she decorated the house or they hired someone, but well done to the 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 future brats. <laughs> I gotta go take a look at that. I didn't see that. Yeah, but the other knuckleheads, Hughes squared. God knows what McLeod and Bastion are up to. You know, the, I, I I've at least at least it's not on the second and it's on the third. Yeah, and they'll have some time off. But yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> there is New Year's this weekend, so we'll yeah. see how long over they are. It's a young team, and it's a young team. Yeah. So, you know how that goes. Oh, God. There's <laughs> going to be a picture of Jack in a bar somewhere in New York. I just know it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll save that for another. Well, maybe that'll be a part of the yeah. next episode. Palats or the Hollas just invite everyone over and just keep it at a house. Yeah. You would hope, but the young, I don't know, we'll see. I, I'm not going to dive into what they're doing in the years. I just hope they have a happy and safe holiday and that they're ready to go for Wednesday's game. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Alejandro. Uh, anything else that we need to top off? No, I think that uh, pretty much covers it for this week. All right. Well, um, as, as Alex said, I hope everyone had a very uh, Merry Christmas, uh, a Happy Hanukkah, and a Happy Kwanzaa. Um, and we're, uh, we're excited to get this holiday episode out. And um, yeah, next time we speak, it will be 2024, and we'll see where the Devils are in the standings. Yeah. Only uh, just outside of a playoff spot by one point as we record this, and, and by point percentage. So. Yeah, point percentage during a playoff spot. So I like to go by that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, at the end of the season, it's point percentage as well, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it, yeah, because I mean, everyone, yeah, no, will everyone play, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. because everybody will have yeah. 82 games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, unless that weird COVID season, right? Didn't some teams play? The, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, but that's an outlier. So, yeah. Just having some fun. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, with that being said, let's go, Devils. Let's go, Devils. Yeah.